The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. There you, there you are. I was wondering what. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The gospel of the Lord. Can I invite all of you to come with me, please? And I would like for all of you to stand up along this step, please. Bear with me for one minute. So last night, if you weren't here, we had a Greatest Showman sing-along here. It was great fun, lots of laughs, yummy food, hanging out and playing some games, and a pretty good MC over there, if I do say so myself. Um, if you've not seen the movie, real quick, one of the key points of this movie is all about being who you are, the best of who you are, just as you are with all your flaws, with everything that you think is not perfect about you, you're perfect. And I, um, I'm wearing this green stole today uh, that was a gift to me upon my ordination, and it is a celebration of diversity, which is represented by the colors here. Uh, a little reminder as well that no matter who you are, where you are, what makes you you makes you perfect and special, and amazing, and a gift, and that no matter what, from the moment you were born, Jesus believes in you, and loves you, and has got you right here. No matter what comes, no matter how high the waves get, or how rough the wind is, God has you. And that just like these shirts say, this is me, you're all good. You don't need to be anything more than you are today. I'm going to send you off with that. Thank you so much. Spider. I love you. I'm going to come back out and follow you.
And now, God, open my mouth so that I can speak. Open our ears so that we can hear and open our hearts so that we can change by your power and through your grace. Amen. Please be seated. I'm not a parent. I'm an uncle. Got lots of friends with kids, which is super cool. And I have taken the children and young people of this community into my heart as if they were my own. And I constantly think about what I can do to make this world better, safer, stronger for them. How I can build them up. How I can help them see what amazing gifts they are. It's, it's my duty and I take it seriously. So it should come as no shock when I say that my heart's been twisted this week in agony at the sight of children being separated from their families. I've watched the news and heard the stories and seen the pictures, and I've had this feeling of bailing water out of a swamp boat, throwing up my hands to the sky and saying, don't you care, we're dying over here. So I kind of had to laugh when I opened the lectionary to read what passage I would be preaching on today. And I read today's gospel passage, talk about timely, talk about summing up exactly how I was feeling, about being frightened, about wanting Jesus to show up and do something, anything to help. Check, check. There's so much else about this short passage that made me think. For example, this is a boat full of fishermen. They know the Sea of Galilee. This is not the first time they've been on it. They know it's prone to windstorms and rough seas, so I found the degree to which they were frightened kind of noteworthy. And all of that is contrasted by the super calm picture of Jesus there asleep on a pillow while all of this is going on. I think the fact that Jesus is so calm actually annoys his friends in the boat. I say this because if you think about it, they never actually ask him to do anything. What they ask him is if he cares that they're in danger. I mean, if they said, teacher, make this stop, or teacher, help us, that would be one thing. But the question they pose is, don't you care? Which brings me to two other questions. Jesus says to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Now, on the surface, it Sounds like a condemnation of their fear and like Jesus is calling them out for not believing in him. I think that's a message that we hear just a little too often. Fear is bad. You should feel bad if you feel fear. And you certainly shouldn't let anyone know that you're afraid. Furthermore, what's wrong with you if you don't believe? If you just had more faith in Jesus, everything would be okay. It also seems on the surface here 
that Jesus is pretty judgy and not very willing to meet his friends where they are. It's easy to hear him as frustrated with them. But what if he isn't saying those things at all? I was at lunch with a clergy friend of mine earlier in the week, and we started talking about the passage, and almost at the same time, we said to each other that a particular line had jumped out at us. They took him along in the boat with them, just as he was. Now, we both heard this passage hundreds of times, so the fact that we both picked up on this line this week felt kind of like a Holy Spirit moment for both of us, so we began to dig into what might be below the surface on this. I'm kind of bummed to say that we haven't really had a chance to talk again this week, so I don't know where he landed with all of this, but I wanted to share some of my reflections with you. There's nothing in Mark's account, either in the passage we get today or before it, that really gives us any indication of what Jesus' condition may have been that would justify this qualification. We don't hear that he was dirty or crabby or exhausted. We just hear two things in this statement. First is that they took him, and the second is that they took him as he was. They took him with them. He was already with them. They didn't have to look for him. I wonder what that means to you. I think a great many of us have a predetermination of where we want Jesus to show up for us, how we want him to be, or what we want him to do when he does show up. But it's usually about Jesus showing up for us and not about us taking him with us. But what does it really mean to take Jesus with us even in the most regular moments of our lives, as may be the case for a fisherman getting in a boat, or a lawyer going into court, or a student going to school? What does it look like to accept Jesus as he is rather than as we want him to be? And isn't that one of the great conflicts of the whole Jesus story? The Jews were expecting, and I think we still, especially right now, want a Messiah that would be a mighty ruler, a king, a warrior who would do the vanquishing of evil for us. What we all got was a guy who spent his time with those on the fringe, the vulnerable who talked about loving each other, who preached compassion and acceptance as the pathway to salvation. What does that ask of us? Furthermore, what if Jesus wasn't talking about faith in him? Have any of you ever found yourself in a situation where you just knew that it was impossible to succeed? Whatever was going on left you feeling like you were the one bailing the water out. And no matter how fast you did it, you were still sinking. 
I've been there more times than I can count. I've found myself at one time or another staring something in the face that I felt was just too big to take on or to overcome and that I didn't have what it would take to get through it. I feel that way about the immigration situation. I feel that way about a renewed wave of racism and anti-LGBTQ legislation that's out there. I feel that way about what I perceive as an epidemic of suicide. I feel that way sometimes about just getting through the week and touching all the things I need to touch. Can anyone relate to that? I don't know what to pay attention to first sometimes. When I find myself in these moments, I often find myself saying to God, okay, I can't do this. I, I'm not going to make it. It's not going to happen. I'm going to break under this weight. Hello, are you listening? And something fairly simple cracked the whole thing open this week. And you know, it's so much easier to see it when it happens through someone else, right, than to identify it for yourself. I was talking to a parishioner who was sharing that she really wanted to be part of a Bible study group here or that she wanted to start one. What struck me, though, was immediately after she put that idea out, the first thing she said was, but I could never do that. I, I don't know enough. The first thing that ran through my head when she said that was, well, what exactly is it that you think that you need? Why is it so easy to believe that we don't have what it takes? That brings me back to today's gospel passage and my earlier question. Jesus would not have been unclear about the potential perils of the voyage across the sea, yet he still suggested they go out onto the water anyway. You could say that following Jesus to the other side in that moment did not exactly make things easier for the disciples, and isn't that true for most of us? But here's the thing. Jesus went to sleep. He wasn't trying to control anything, rush them to get to the other side, get them to do it differently or better, nothing. He totally trusted that they had what it took to get to the other side, just as they were. He had faith in them. I think that's what he's really getting at with his question about their fear and faith. Of course he cares that they found themselves in rough water, but he knows that they already have everything they needed to survive that storm. And while it's really easy to make this about them believing in Jesus, I think it's really about them believing in themselves just as Jesus believes in them. It's not about a faith that goes only in one direction. It's about a dynamic faith that's fueled just as much by Jesus' faith in us as it is by our faith in Him. For any of us who doubt ourselves, for any of us who have that voice inside our heads 
that tells us we're not worthy or capable or special, does it change anything to think about the fact that Jesus already believes in you? That Jesus accepts you as you are and rejoices in you and trusts you? Can you close your eyes for just a moment and hear the voice of Jesus saying to you, I see you. I know you. I accept you just as you are. You are enough. And I love you. Can you do the same for Jesus? Can you take him with you just as he is, full of all the challenge that comes with his unconditional compassion, acceptance, and love? Can we do that for each other? Especially for the children and young people among us or anyone really who feels that they don't have a gift to offer. If we can accept that Jesus rejoices in us and has faith in us, can we accept that Jesus rejoices in and has faith in those around us as well, no matter where they come from, what they look or sound like, or who they love? Can we strip it all down and just be our true selves. My friends, I believe that's how we calm the storm and get to the other side. This is the only way to get to new life. This is me. This is all of us. This is Jesus just as we are.